Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to grow as a confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am very excited to have with me Sandy Stream. Let me tell you about Sandy. So she is an author and activist who work is built on the belief that everyone deserves and can find peace and warrior-like strength within themselves. After teaching law for 20 years, raising two children, and facing a life full of adversities and lessons, she decided to turn her efforts towards facilitating workshops for young and experienced adults to encourage them to live in peace and power. She has written a book, The Courage Circle, which is about power, but she wants to make sure you understand that it is not the kind of power that you see on TV or in politics. That's force, not power. She explains it's a book about finding peace inside. Her hope is that her book will inspire you to get up and do what you need to do in the world. It's about feeling confident, not being arrogant, superior, or trying to prove anything. Just relax confidence by being yourself. Our theme today is, are you ready to stand up for yourself? Please join me in welcoming Sandy Stream. Well, such a a very (laughs) zen, I just like as I was reading um, your information and getting to know you a little bit, I just thought, ah, just like a breath of fresh air. So, you know, thinking about the world as it could be and not as it is for some people right now. Indeed, indeed. Mm -hmm. So I always start with the easy question, which is what part of the country do you call home? (laughs) That's easy. What part of my country? I think you're in the States. So I'm in Montreal in mm-hmm. Canada. And it's a wonderful, beautiful city. That's one I have not yeah. been yet in Canada. Welcome it is you. on my list to go. <laughs> okay, we'll go for coffee then. Yes, really. So why is it important to stop the demon demon oh God, <laughs> let me just say this again demonizing or demonizing that's it demonizing there you go emotions (laughs) i told you just had lunch (laughs) no worries no worries but why Um, is it why should we stop that i mean people do tend to think you know hide your emotions don't be let yourself be vulnerable 
Yeah, I think that's one of the, uh, you know, I, I run courage circles that we do also in Montreal. And really, I think that's the first step to um, really finding yourself, finding what you should do in your life, feeling confident and all the other things that will follow. But I think one of the first thing is to stop this uh, demonization of emotions that's been going on for, I don't know, about 5,000 years or so. So I really think it's time to break that uh, misconception. So our emotions are natural, they're healthy, and they're actually our guidance system. Mm -hmm. So they kind of tell us what we should do. So if we feel sad, instead of putting that aside or just trying to feel better or just ignoring it or saying, oh, I shouldn't feel sad, I have everything or anything like that, you know, instead, if you allow it and you look at it and you... Um, think, you know, there might be something to learn from it. Maybe mm -hmm. you'll see, oh, you know, maybe I need to find more friends. Maybe I'm a bit lonely or maybe, you know, so it might tell you something. Yeah. Or if you feel angry instead of saying, oh, I shouldn't get upset and whatever and all that, maybe you'll say, oh, maybe there's a reason I'm angry. Maybe, you know, I, I feel disrespected. Maybe something's not right for me. So I think there's a difference between feeling and, you know, what you do after that, the behavior, that's something yeah. else, but certainly, you know, feeling all our emotions, listening to our own emotions will get us closer to um, understanding ourselves and become uh, human beings that are sentient. So once we feel our body, we feel our emotion, we feel ourselves. we can start to feel other things like feeling life and feeling mm -hmm. trees and feeling our path or feeling a million other things that um, mm. exist, you know, when we start going into uh, feeling instead of, you know, avoiding and denying and doing all the other tactics not to feel basically. Yeah. I think you made a, a great point that I want to just kind of go back on to is mm. it is the fact that when you feel those emotions like anger, like yeah. frustration, how you react to it, what you demonstrate after that, I think is something that people need to understand. It's not, oh yeah, feel your emotions. Do, you know, if you're angry, be angry, but what do you do with that? I oh, absolutely. So, you know, if I'm not saying you would, but let's say you said something that I felt very disrespected about, and I probably would start to feel some anger about that, right? Which is natural and healthy, but it certainly doesn't give me a right to control you or to aggress you or to do anything like that. But it would give me an indication of, hmm, what should I do now? Like, what mm -hmm. am I going to take as steps and, and take accountability for my life and say, you know, maybe I don't want to talk to Vicky anymore. Maybe I don't want to even want to do any more podcasts or whatever else mm -hmm. I might do. But it, yes, it would, I, I agree with you. It doesn't end up justifying any behavior you want to do just because you feel uh, your anger, but and, it and does sometimes give you options. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, from a customer service standpoint, if if I go into a, a store and I'm disrespected, mis mistreated, poor customer service, my thing is I'm never going to go back. I and I may be angry and talk to people about that, and you know that's all the fear of uh, of customer service people around the world, but say it's in a situation with kids where you're trying to teach your kids how to react to situations and rather than scolding them or screaming at them or or ignoring it i sometimes think you need to ask well why did you why are you feeling this way or or understand 
and in the office too, that's a great situation where somebody does something to you rather than being angry with them and walking away, find out what they're, why they did that. Would you yeah, talk to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So in our courage circles, I mean, other than, you know, not demonizing emotions, one of the first baseline things that we do before we get into topics, because we talk about different topics every week, but the baseline is to understand what listening means, you know, just Mm -hmm. what is listening. And so I like to describe that there's three different examples of listening, right? So let's Mm -hmm. say um, we can use a kid as an example, but usually I use an example of something someone might share in the group. So I'll mm-hmm. ask someone to share something in the group. Um, actually, I'll, I'll share one that happened recently. There's a mm-hmm. woman in the group. I, I asked for a sample and she said, well, uh, I, w- I want to share. I'm here in this group because my husband and my dad always call me a chicken. Mm-hmm. So now there, I do a demonstration. What's the three types of listening I've experienced in my life? The first would be what we call you know, dismissive or gaslighting all the other things. So instead of holding up a mirror and reflecting mm-hmm. the truth of what she just expressed, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of put the mirror down, pretend it doesn't exist and just say like, oh, really? Okay, whatever. What's the temperature outside? Or, you know, whatever. That's Squirrel. What called <laughs> gaslighting, right? So I, I like, I don't, you don't even exist, basically. Mm-hmm. It's very, very damaging to human beings. We experience it constantly. And I really encourage people to identify who in their circle does that and to see if they need to, you know, put some distance or do something for themselves because it is very uh, damaging for us when mm-hmm. our reality is constantly challenged like that. So that's the first type. And the second type, so again, we're, if you imagine human beings mm-hmm. as mirrors, you kind of hold it up and the second person might like see a little bit what the person said, like, but then right away they put it down, they want to fix the situation, right? They're like, Oh, your husband said that? Okay, so, you know, I have a great idea. I have a good therapist and I know what they can do and I have a great advice for you and don't worry and whatever and I hope you feel better. Right? That's not listening either, especially when you give advice that was unsolicited. You know, that tends to uh, serve the advice giver more than Mm. the receiver, right? I'm feeling smart. I'm feeling good about it and whatever. And that's not listening and doesn't allow people to feel empowered to see, okay, what do they want to do about this situation? You're kind of telling them what to do, right? I think and as parents, type, we yeah, do that. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it also gives them the message you want to fix something, like something's wrong with your feelings. Like yes. Say, I'm angry. You're like, oh, you shouldn't feel angry. Let me fix it. Like, I'm not comfortable yeah. that you're actually feeling angry, right? So again, mm-hmm. it's this constant message of something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. Something's mm-hmm. wrong with what you're feeling. Something's wrong with... And these constant messages in our life are really unhealthy. And mm-hmm. in my view, the healthiest way is the third type where you would just literally listen. Yeah, <laughs> and that's listen. it. Yeah, you just say, okay, I see you're angry about something. Uh, you know, you want to talk about it. And I'm comfortable with the other person having the feeling of being angry. If they're throwing mm-hmm. something at me, maybe not. But <laughs> if they're having the feeling, what would be, you know, what's the problem with that? right? They feel something. There's got to be some good reason for that. Mm. So let's hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so <clears throat> I, I like this next one because it, I mm-hmm. think in several of my podcasts, it's come up, but why do you say self-love is not selfish? Yeah. I think many of us have, uh, you know, kind of grown up with the idea that, um, you know, to be a good person, you have to help other people, right? And so doing things for yourself is like selfish or something mm-hmm. like that. I think it's absolutely 
uh, incorrect. I think it's the, your responsibility actually mm -hmm. to take care of yourself. It's an absolute responsibility. And when people, you know, try to say you're being selfish, probably it's, you know, some attempt to control, you know, which is the other thing. If we can do away with two things over these 5,000 years, it would be the demonization <laughs> of emotions and everybody trying to control each other. So, um, you know, people tell each other that in order to, you know, tell them what to do with their lives or tell them how to do their life. Mm. And in fact, when we take care of ourselves, uh, we feel better. And then we actually end up being more loving to other people or more unselfish in the yeah. end. We are, you know, not burnt out and not uh, other things. Um, I think one of the reason this came out a lot also, this, you know, always trying to help other people is because you know, innately, you must feel like you're only good if you do this and this, you know, we measure ourselves by, if I do this, I get points of being good or not good or good, you know, people use the word like good enough. I don't know that I love that language because it still assumes some kind of point system, like good mm. enough. Okay. I got up to 80. So now it's good enough. Actually, I don't see it like that at all. We're actually just innately good, you know? that's it and so we don't have to do anything actually at all we don't have to do anything that is not touched that is still you're innately good you can you know stay home and be sad for three years you're still good doesn't affect you know that goodness so instead of thinking good enough i like to think goodness so yes i'm goodness so now i don't need to go and like constantly do weird things in the world to try to get this feeling i already have this feeling mm -hmm. And now what do I want to do? So it's from yeah. a different angle, right? I yeah. already have this. I'm not doing things to get it. Yeah. I have it. And now, okay, uh, my cup is full. What do I want to do with myself or in this world? Or, you know, how do I want to act in this world? Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> so how do we get love from the inside versus the outside? And I think you started to touch on that um, yeah. just now. Um, yeah, I mean, in our group, we talk about many, many things we tend to try to get from outside. And, you know, not only is it not very effective, but it's mm -hmm. also very disempowering because you're relying on other people to tell you you're good or not good, or you're, you know, you're trying to get approval or you're trying to get a million things from mm -hmm. the outside. So you've kind of given your power to other people on a constant basis. So it's disempowering, but not only that, um, I think it's not. In my experience, I don't want to speak for other people, right? So it's very, very, very rare to see or experience unconditional love. We use the word, but is it really unconditional, right? Mm -hmm. Even with our kids, you know, I love you more if you get certain grades or if you help me or if you make me look good or mm -hmm. if you, you know, fulfill my needs somehow or if you're this profession, uh, you know, we give all kinds of messages like that. So in general in life, I think most people have a lot of conditions, you know, related mm -hmm. to that. But when it comes to ourselves, we, we're really the best um, equipped to know ourselves, to know our whole history, to understand ourselves deeply, to know, okay, I understand why I did that mistake, you know, because this and this happened and I felt this. And we can really understand ourselves like nobody can, you know, mm -hmm. in the world and uh, forgive ourselves for our mistakes and, you know, be kind to ourselves and instead of criticize ourselves. 
uh, and protect ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of being the critic of ourselves, we yeah. can be protective, protect ourselves more. So um, I think we have this capacity innately. I mean, we are we are built from these positive uh, feelings, and we can offer that to ourselves uh, in our hardest moments, and maybe better than anyone else, but doesn't take away from the fact of really it's amazing if you do have an amazing parent or an amazing friend that can offer this but I think most people don't even mm -hmm. experience that uh, yeah that's what I was thinking as you were talking that it's really a paradigm shift because we have to really unlearn all of this behavior that we've been taught all our for generations now so yes. you know great grandmother talk grandmother talk grandmother you know and now for us to undo all that unlearn all that it takes some work it takes work and it takes a ton of courage right because yes. you're going to have to express yourself in ways that family members don't agree with you're going to have to be able to stand alone sometimes in your own sense of what you think is right for you and other people don't think it's right for you how you do your life or mm -hmm. you know what you're feeling so it takes a ton of courage to yeah. you know live this way because we're breaking so many generations of mm -hmm. in my opinion of unhealthy relating unhealthy relating mm -hmm. first with ourselves and then with other people and and i think you know for me mm -hmm. not needing other people has been helpful to um, mm. to be confident because mm. you know I come from a large family there's tons of kids and but I found I was happiest whenever I would go off on my own and just appreciate life and nature and things like that and so as I grew I, I, even married I I do things separate from my husband oftentimes just not that I don't love him, but it's just, I like being alone sometimes. Yeah, of course, why wouldn't you? Yes. yes. But there are, are couples that I know that it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing that without my husband or my yeah. spouse. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> to I each mean, his own, you know? Are, yeah. I mean, often, and you know, I've, Anything that I speak about is I've probably experienced the opposite. Mm -hmm. so I don't pretend to be some like, you know, expert, maybe just a mistake noticer or something. <laughs> but, you know, we often will merge kind of personalities or merge, mm -hmm. whether it's with family or husbands and wives or even mm -hmm. our kids where we're like, you know, in psychology, I think they call it enmeshed or other language where we were like, we became one. We, we don't have a strong sense of our individuality. Yeah. Um, often because that wasn't allowed as a child. Mm -hmm. You weren't allowed to be separate and different and set boundaries and know yourself. Mm -hmm. And so people kind of have, you know, merged with other people. Yeah. So it takes a lot of guts to, to start to say, no, I'm actually this way, or I feel this way, or mm -hmm. as you're saying, I need time alone or whatever else, because that's you, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you feel. You're, you're, you're trusting that. Um, so you kind of became a bit your own mature person, right? Over mm -hmm. time. But if in, as a child, child, we weren't encouraged. It's no, no. Yeah. And uh, the, so my next question was like, why do you think courage is so critical? I, mm -hmm. I, I, I 
totally agree that it's critical. And I think our definition of courage maybe needs to be adjusted for some people. Yeah. Yeah. So when I talk about courage, it's not, you know, obviously running in front of the train or doing whatever. That's not the language I'm thinking of. It's a really a constant, every moment uh, way of being where you are following yourself instead of following whatever is trying to tell you what to do. Um, so it takes courage basically to be what you feel you should do, right? So I might feel like, okay, I, I should follow this. That's what I feel I should do, right? And so parents might think differently, husband, you know, who knows who, and you're still following. Or mm -hmm. some people think you should wear this makeup or that makeup, or some people think you should study this, you know? So really to set aside all the control, mm -hmm. all the criticism, all the unsolicited advice, and then to trust yourself where you don't really know what's going to happen. You're just trusting like, I think I should do this. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I really, mm -hmm. oh, I feel I should do it. That takes, yeah, it's, so it's a way of being. It's a constant courage, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. It's, it's for me, mm. courage is understanding that you're probably going to fail or screw up. And as long as there's not death on the other side, I'm okay doing that. And, and but you know, people worry, they plan their lives so much to avoid mm. living, really. Yeah, I mean, we live in a world where there's like a bit of a ranking system, you know, and in mm -hmm. the group, we talk about something called the calculator. So a calculator, mm -hmm. my understanding of calculator is my head, right? Like a real calculator. Mm -hmm. So our thinking has a bit like a calculator and it's always calculating and ranking people like you're better than this one, that mm -hmm. one's better than that and comparing and doing all this calculating, right? That's our head. And a lot of it comes from our training, what we've been trained to think and all this other stuff. And then there's a whole other way of being, which does not really buy this topic of ranking, right? Because, you know, what points do I get if I was like, you know, depressed for two years and then I managed to take a shower today? Do I get points? Like who's giving me points for that, right? I mean, how yeah. is this point system working anyways? It's so ridiculous. It makes absolutely no sense. Right. Or that woman who showed up to... You know, there's someone who showed up in the group and says, I have social anxiety, but I wanted to see, you know, if I can handle sitting in a group. Do we give points there? Like, <laughs> you know, so how does this point system work? So instead of this point system, you know, when you start living in the body, and that's why mm -hmm. it does start with feelings, actually, but it goes way beyond. You start living in the body and in the heart. Um, and when I say heart, it's not just to be sweetie. You're li literally, you know, living in your body instead of living in your head. Yeah, and your, so, your heart is driving more so. Yeah, you're driving. And so you don't have this comparison uh, mm -hmm. thing happening. And you don't have this fear of not being, you know, doing the right thing. Right? Because you you feel yourself. You feel mm -hmm. like, I'm fine. I, I am good. I'm just, you know, I'm navigating my life and that's it. Mm -hmm. And so there's a ton of freedom in this way of uh, living, right? Right. Yeah. So... I running low on time. So I want to talk okay. about the, you explain, you, you talk about climate change in your book, mm. but you, you say that we need 
climate change. So talk to me about what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, so I, I'm not, uh, you know, diminishing the need to focus on climate change, meaning the climate, but I do think, um, you know, the most important climate change we need is the climate in which we deal with each other mm -hmm. and specifically ourselves. So I'm of the belief that, you know, all issues derive from this first topic, this first topic being how do you relate to yourself and then mm -hmm. to others? And from that, all our behavior comes from that, right? If we are destructive things or, or disrespectful to things or the environment or anything else, it comes mm. from that. So I think that's the climate change we need, just kind of a re-education of um, the younger. And the younger generation is so open. It's really amazing. I hope that they will lead us of, you know, the kind of self-acceptance and mm. uh, self-trust and uh, inner peace that we can seek and once we have inner peace, there will be outer peace, you know, it really cannot, there's no way somebody with, you know, lack of peace inside is going to be peaceful outside. What mm -hmm. happens on the inside always happens on the outside. Right. right. Hard to mask. <laughs> yeah. So you talk about the, um, that everyone can create peace in the world. Yeah. What type of effort would that take? <laughs> in my view, it takes actually, it's not effort that it takes. It's like almost the opposite of effort mm -hmm. um, when you think about uh, creating inner peace. Because so if I give you an example, uh, oh, okay, I'll give a quick story. I know you're running short on time, but let's say you go to an event and, you know, someone's let's distinguish between outer peace and inner peace, right? So mm -hmm. let's say there's an event and something happens and somebody's like rude to you and mean or who knows what, but it's like an important event and so you don't say anything. And so you go home and you're not in inner peace, right? Yeah. If on the other hand, you might, you know, say something like, really, I'm feeling really bad about this or I want to leave. I'm not comfortable with how you're talking to me or whatever. So that might create drama, right? In the whole Mm -hmm. environment and outside but inside you're at peace right because right, you got that it off might, your chest <laughs> well and and you didn't allow yourself to stay in a place that's disrespecting you and maybe you yeah. decided to leave because you don't want to tolerate that so in the moment it looks like it's not peaceful but it actually will fall into place because mm -hmm. you are now growing and respecting yourself other people will see like okay maybe this isn't you know they might think about it or not they can't mm -hmm. control that but so eventually that would create, you know, uh, if each person follows their inner peace, you know, things I think would uh, fall in place um, because you're not walking around in the world, you know, not loving yourself and not caring for yourself, right? Very good. Yeah. It is time now for us to switch over to uh, share my screen okay. so we can get the contact information. So if you're just listening, I will read the website and it is https colon forward slash forward slash the courage circle.com. Again, that's the courage circle.com. And Sandy, if you could just let them know what they would find on your website. Um, well, I mean, it's uh, all new, my this uh, project that I'm doing. So my book information is there and there's a free chapter and there's also the link to the uh, Courage Circles that I'm doing, but they're in Montreal. But still, if you come to Montreal, you can definitely attend in person. 
they're free and uh, they're really nice to do. So that's what you'll find there. And your book is on Amazon or yep. is it okay? When did it come out? A month ago. All right. So very yeah. good. So again, if you want to grab that free chapter of her book to uh, read it, I am reading it. It's very good. So you want to go to thecouragecircle.com to be able to get that free chapter, but also to learn more about the Courage Circle. And as she said, visit her in Montreal to be able to join her in her Courage Circle. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. You have such a great insight and um, your tone of your voice is just so lovely. I just could talk to you all day long. Oh. Um, thank you very much for being a guest on our show today. And as always, I remind folks that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.